You're listening to the Empowered Divorce Podcast, where women support women who have experienced betrayal trauma and abuse and are now facing divorce. Here, you'll learn tools and concepts to help guide your journey from a place of empowerment by trusting yourself and becoming the chooser in your life. I'm your host, Amy Woolsey. Thanks for joining. Hello, hello, my amazing, beautiful listeners. How are you today? I am recording this episode from the beautiful, warm Arizona, a few blocks from my all-time favorite place, the Goodyear Ballpark, where my Cincinnati Reds hold their spring training games. When I left my home in beautiful Kentucky, I moved to Arizona where my parents were living, and the, the plan was to move, get out of a difficult situation, and with hope that my husband at the time would get the right help and make some changes. Obviously, that didn't go as hoped at the time, so I ended up living in Arizona with my four kiddos. The transition from married to single was, like, hard's not even the right word. It was very hard, very difficult, but very freeing. And I was now in this space trying to find myself again, learn to take care of myself really for the first time. And one night I was journaling and I started to make a list of things that I felt I could never do before for whatever reason. There are many reasons. I I started writing things that I wanted to do, things that I dreamed of doing, thoughts that, that I could never have done this. And so here's what I want to do. I turned that into a list of what I will do for myself and with myself. And one of those things on my list was take myself to a spring training game every year here in Goodyear. Anytime I did something, it was for myself, with myself. And I had written down a lot of things from getting my nails done to exploring hiking trails, learning how to kayak, reading a book every month. All these things were my ideas, my desires of what I wanted to create in my life. And I promised myself that I would do these things. For me, This was marking my independence, taking back my agency, and really my power to create the life that I want. I no longer wanted to make myself small or make excuses and cave to do what someone else thought was best for me and minimize what I want or negate what I want. So here I am. Now, I've got to be real because I don't know how it's not to be. This was not easy. And I'm saying this because I know that a lot of you are in different places in your journey and I don't want for one second to think like, oh, it's super easy. I can just go and do this. This was actually, first of all, this was really hard when I was divorced. Granted, I was living in Arizona, but I had to schedule. I mean, I was working. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. 17 hours a day, like so many hours a day. And I had to do a lot of planning. It meant I had to not clean a house or two houses. So that means I had to double up, triple up on other days to make sure that I got the income. It was a little bit of a financial sacrifice to go and do this for myself. It wasn't easy. But again, it was something that I wanted to experience for myself and with myself. And, and I did. I did every, every year that I was there in Arizona. There's been a couple of years because of COVID and the MLB strike and stuff like that, that I, that I missed it. But even now, I just wanted to share, like, it was still hard. There's lots of things to juggle and lots of different, really 
emotions and feelings that came up this particular time. It was funny because I went and I told Scott, I said, hey, I booked my trip to Arizona for spring training this year, and I really feel like I need to do this trip solo. This time he had gone with me the year prior, and he was like, ah, <laughs> like, can I just go and sit on the other side of the stadium? Can I squeeze in your suitcase? Like, he was like, really? He really wanted to go with me. And I, it's not like I didn't want him to go or, I mean, he's super easy to be with, but I just needed this trip to be a solo trip. I needed to be with myself. And it was funny because a week later, I noticed that my brain was starting to compromise this. Like, maybe just let him come. Maybe you're making this whole, like, you know, do your, be with yourself thing too seriously. Here, my brain was trying to make excuses and minimizing my initial gut instinct that I needed this trip for myself. And I just noticed how that kept coming up and coming up. And then, of course, things were happening with kids. And I would be like, oh, my gosh, this is like the wrong time. This is ridiculous. Why do I feel like I have to do this? Like, all of that. and. Just so my brain being my brain. And I just had to keep recommitting, <laughs> recommitting, recommitting. No, I made a promise to myself. And yes, I really feel like I need to do this trip alone. So I've had to keep coming back to myself and just do that little check-in. And I want to share this today because with this list that I made, what I was really practicing to do for the first time in my life was learn to do things with myself, not just by myself. And there's a difference at least to me, I'm going to share with you what I think that difference is. So while I was separated and I was in this space of hoping that he would figure things out, but not really seeing things work out, things were, were actually getting a lot worse. I had not even filed and I was already fearing that I would be alone forever and how hard it was going to be to do everything by myself uh, forever. That was scary and depressing. So, you know, I mean, you know the story, you keep minimizing, rationalizing, self-blaming, anything to hold on to some sort of glimmer of hope that this might work out so that you won't have to be alone by yourself with cats. Nothing against cats. When we're afraid of being alone, what most women are really afraid of is this emotional attachment to the state of being alone, and that's loneliness. The feeling of loneliness. Loneliness is that that distressing feeling where loneliness is actually a neutral state. Neutral meaning you can attach any emotion you want to that state of being alone. Being lonely and being alone, they do not need to go hand in hand. It's absolutely possible to be alone without feeling lonely. You are, after all, the only person that will most definitely be with for your entire lifetime. So the question that we can really ask ourselves here is, what would it be like to befriend myself? And that question might feel scary. Just like building any new relationship, it's going to require vulnerability. But when you foster that meaningful vulnerable, authentic connection with yourself, you will not only positively impact your feelings of loneliness while you are like physically alone, but it's going to completely enhance your relationship with others when you learn how to be with 
yourself. When you experience trauma, you have been disconnected from yourself for years, if not decades, and you've self-sacrificed for the sake of attachment and survival. You lose the, the neutral state of being alone, and you're no longer with the self. The part, this part has been disconnected, and you are with the trauma self, living fight, flight, freeze, survival self. And those parts require so much energy to survive that it leaves little to no room for the actual self to just be. There's not connection. You are offline. And so when we're talking about healing after betrayal, abuse, and divorce, a huge, huge part of the journey is learning to be with the self again, or like me for the first time. So a really simple example of this mindset shift that I'm offering here can be just something like standing in a classroom and my elementary school child for one of those lovely, oh, so fun class programs. Of course, I'm standing in the corner of the classroom alone. And you know how that first year, especially in all of these, you know, events like this, those first of everything, like just stick a post-it note on my head that says newly divorced alone forever. So I'm standing there alone. But because of how I'm actually not with myself in that moment, because I'm actually outside myself, I'm viewing myself as I perceive others to view me in that moment. So I'm on the outside of me looking in. And because my thoughts about myself standing there in that state of alone, I now feel lonely because I'm feeling the way I'm looking at myself and feeling distress and judging myself and feeling shame that I'm there alone. And so I'm actually now moving into loneliness and I'm by myself. Now compare that being by myself and alone and lonely to being with myself and alone, which looks like me standing in the corner of the classroom inside my body. I'm not looking at myself from that objectified view, but in my state of alone in the corner, my eye is focused on my son and is with myself feeling grateful I could make it to be there for him with myself, even in sadness that his dad wasn't there because I know he really wanted him to be there with myself in courage and nervousness as I go over and talk to another woman in the classroom and even with myself afterwards that I had just pulled off another single mom triumph. Being with yourself is being present with where you are at and seeing yourself where you are at. It's not judging yourself, shaming yourself, or blaming others for where you are at alone. Being with yourself does not leave room for loneliness. It makes space for other people. Being more aware of when I felt lonely really helped me realize that I felt lonely whenever I had expectations from other people. And when those expectations weren't fulfilled, then bam, loneliness showed up. I felt lonely because I was in an environment with people that really couldn't understand where I was at in my life, couldn't understand my process, my divorce. And that resulted in some people not really supporting me. And boom, loneliness. 
there it is again. But really the main reason why I felt lonely was that I did not love myself and believe that I was in fact enough, even alone. I was waiting for others to give me that love that I had to give myself. I was waiting for others to appreciate me, accept me, but I wasn't appreciating myself. I was waiting for others to support me and I wasn't supporting myself. And so when that wasn't happening, I felt lonely. And really the, the day that I understood this, it changed my life. And I no longer waited for others to love me or appreciate me or even support me. I had to become the supporter of myself and love myself so much that no one else could offer me greater love. And I am not talking about that narcissistic, selfish love. That's toxic, okay? Talking about the self-love that we deserve, that we forget to give ourselves, or that we don't know how to give others because we don't give it to ourselves. One day I was trying to figure out my schedule. I, you know, four kids needed to be in five different places. And I remember sitting in my car just crying because I was feeling overwhelmed and lonely in all of this. And there goes the expectation, right? I was feeling lonely because I had expected my husband to, you know, not do what he did and to not be in this situation. So lonely, blaming, blaming X for everything, aiming myself for crying about it. And in that moment, I was not with myself. There wasn't any room to see myself. I was too busy seeing my ex in all of this and making myself out to be a horrible mother who was incapable of now being everything to my children. I got a text from a woman in my church congregation and she simply said, can I pick up your daughters for youth night tonight? Now, pause for a brief hell yes moment. I loved that she framed it this way as opposed to, hey, is there anything I can do for you, <laughs> right? Because in that moment of shame with no space to be like with myself, I would have totally taken that on that question on just like another pile of shame. Anyways, and I would not have answered her. So anyways, loved how she phrased that. Okay, but back to this text. So what that text did for me even just how she framed it, it brought me out of shame to myself. And I remember saying out loud, oh, I can do this. I have a village. And I was then with myself again. This is how I started dating again, learning to be with myself in the uncomfortable as I walked into a restaurant alone, party of one. Because that's how I started dating. I dated myself first, learning to be with myself. Which actually, this reminds me of a really funny story. So a few weeks ago, I went alone, but with myself to watch my oldest son play his first college baseball game. And I went to breakfast with myself. And you know how you walk up to the hostess and she asks how many? One. She says 10 minutes. Okay, great. At this point, the hostess was just yelling out the names of the person like when the table was ready. Like, Jones, table ready. Robert's table ready, whatever. No joke. A new hostess takes over, grabs a microphone, and the first table that she calls, it's Amy, table for just one. Amy, table for just one. Like, over the loud microphone. I was just dying laughing. Anyways, that... 
that would have sent me out the door bawling into my car with with a bag of powdered mini donuts years ago because I was alone and lonely, not alone and with myself. Being, oh my gosh, it was so funny. Anyways, being with yourself is not being happy. It's not forcing yourself to feel happy about your situation right now either. It's being with the pain, with the heart and with the struggle. When you feel shame, judgment, blame, you're taking up your space to be. So here I am in Arizona, right? And I had the whole trip planned and I was going to hike my favorite trails and go to my favorite places and watch a ton of baseball. And I get off the plane, I get into my car and I start driving where I used to live. And the closer I got to town, the more my heart started to race, the hotter the sensation became, the faster my heart started to pound. And as it built and built and built, I, I, I said out loud, I'm like, holy shit, I think I'm going to have a panic attack. So I pull over to the side of the road. I text Alana and I was like, hey, are you in a session? She's like, no. I said, do you want to be in one? <laughs> Calling for a bestie therapy session. But yeah, I actually had a panic attack and had a ton of trauma come up. And after I processed some of that, it became so clear that if I had not been alone and with myself, I would not have created a space for these hidden trauma parts to make themselves known. And being with myself was making time and space to see them without judgment, without shame, and without blame. So my trip went differently than planned. And I had a lot of emotions that I needed to process. And I didn't go on that hike. I ended up staying in bed, journaling, and doing some other self-care things, a lot of crying. I needed that healing. It was another piece to my growth. And if all the way back in 2015, I hadn't shifted from loneliness to being with myself and alone, then the growth opportunities would not have been given space to enter. So your invitation this week is to practice being with yourself. Unloading the dishwasher and you're feeling that you're by yourself in this whole world. Drop into being with yourself and turn inward, perhaps to a body scan while putting away the silverware. Be with yourself if you're feeling frustrated because it was your son's job to do the dishes and he bailed. Feel and be with the frustration in your body. You may be in a state of alone, but the way you feel about it is up to you. There are many things in this life that we must do alone, but not by ourselves. And one of the ways that we can find healing is to be with ourselves and get support. If you are three years or less from divorce or separation, then come join me in my support group where for divorced women, where you can come and just be just as you are with others who get it. Getting that support and giving support is a way to heal. You can head over to the show notes for more information on that. All right, everyone, I hope this helps shift your thoughts and helps you take a step to a place of empowerment and growth. You are doing amazing and have so much to offer this world and this community of women supporting women. All right, everybody, take care. Do you believe that you can provide for yourself even if you never saw another dime from your ex-husband? Do you believe that you can trust yourself again enough to date again? Do you believe that you are not broken 
And do you know that no matter what, you're of worth and value? Do you believe that you can have healthy intimacy and know how to create that within yourself first? Do you believe in you? Join my next Believing in You group coaching program that will help you take your healing to the next level. The next group starts April 5th and you will have over 20 hours of coaching or more if you want every 12 weeks with this new membership. You can cancel anytime, but it's your healing journey and this program will help you along the way and keep you thriving in your life. Remember, you are the chooser in your life and you get to create the life you want because you can. Take care, everybody.